This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. At, if you will, uh, with uh, Chris, uh, Chris Parrish, or as I like to call him, Quiz Parrish. Um, Quiz, he's yeah, a good guy. About uh, w- you know what it takes to to put a championship effort together, even if you're building your bike from scratch. One thing that uh, is in high demand, and that of course is a solid engine. And there is a uh, engine builder that Chris gave a lot of credit to, and that's M- and Mike. Say your name again for the general public. It's is it Cop Copulus. Coppolis. Coppolis. Yep, okay, we're making it harder right. than it is, obviously. Yeah. Uh, are you down in North Carolina, or where are you uh, Where are you at? Yeah, I'm in North Carolina, uh, Hope Mills, which is uh, about 45 minutes north of uh, the South Carolina line off of I-95. How far would you say it is from uh, Little Rock? That's more for Little the guy. That's more for the guys in the studio. Oh, oh, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> a, that's an inside joke, Mike. <laughs> yeah, you, had you been listening to the first hour, you would have heard the same lack of laughter. Um, anyway, appreciate <laughs> you jumping on at the last minute. Um, uh, can you can you talk about some of the the writers uh, that you're working with? I know Chris Parrish, as we just mentioned, but also you got uh, a younger writer on there that and that kind of creates some. Uh, I would imagine some of its own sets of uh, special challenges. Yeah, uh, well, uh, you know, we got started with Arbom Racing a couple of years ago, myself and Russell Mascar, and uh, we started building our own motors for the teams. And then about two years ago, when the N2 uh, hosted a Superbike Challenge Endurance Race up at uh, PIRC, uh, I asked Chris Parrish to come join us. And uh, so we went up there and we... Uh, did a good job. We won the race in the lightweight cra- class, and then last year uh, it was a three-round series, and we entered two bikes. And uh, Chris rode uh, the championship-winning bike. Our second bike finished second, and it kind of just developed from there. And uh, you know, I've been fiddling with my own motors for you know fifteen years or so, and then it kind of just grew from there. We started doing the team motors, and then when Chris uh, you know, we talked about doing the Moto America thing, and we just jumped on it and went in. You know, it's interesting. You call it fiddling. Uh, other guys say, hey, championship level. And I think that's high high praise indeed. Did you not build a motor for Drake Beecham? Yeah. Um, well, Drake has two bikes. He has his Altus uh, R3 for Moto America, and then he has his personal R3 uh, for the Wear National Challenge Series. So, uh, yeah, I, I built his uh, R3 motor for the wear races. It's a little different spec. We're allowed to do more stuff in the wear class. We're friends with yep. a lot of the same people, Larry Pegram, uh, Chris Ulrich, Greg White, Drake, uh, Curtis, of course, uh, Eddie Kraft. Um, you've, you've got some pretty heavy hitters in your uh, in your friends category on Facebook. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's a racing community, and uh, everyone knows each other. And uh, it's just how it is. It's... it's uh, it's a big community out there. Mike, I work for Wiseco Piston, and um, we, years ago, AMA series um, changed the rules, so we were pretty much, we we had no reason to to sponsor riders. We had no reason to advertise in, 
in road racing because there was nothing we could do because of the rules package. Um, I know, and we're in some of those other series. There's there's a lot more uh, leeway what you can do. What are your thoughts on on the rule package um, with with Moto America and and your experience with it, and and uh, what is your favorite engine to build, and for which series and why? Uh, boy. Uh, okay, a lot of questions here. Uh, Moto America rules package. I only get to talk uh, once right, during the interview, so I have well, to get them all in. Okay. We, yeah, we had to I, make that clear. I gotcha. You know, when you're trying to construct a rules package for a lightweight bike, it's tough because uh, different spec motors, different CCs, and stuff like that. So you have to start somewhere. And Moto America did a pretty good job. There are some discrepancies in the rule book uh, that we don't really like. And uh, we actually sat down and had a discussion uh, with Moto America about that this weekend to try to get some of the things uh, ironed out, which would make it easier for... uh, engine builders it would make it easier for club races that may want to enter a moto america race so uh i think on a specific they have a connecting rod rule which says you must use a connecting rod that's the same weight or heavier than stock so aftermarket connecting rod companies their whole idea is to make stuff lighter and stronger so i could not get an off-the-shelf say a Carrillo rod and put in a moto america or a motor because it's too light so we had to source another rod. Um, another thing is the displacement. They have us sticking with stock displacement. Well, the Yamaha is a 689. We're a 650. So they have a big displacement advantage, but we're not allowed to raise our displacement up. So we address that with them. Um, we'll see how it goes. It, it, the rules package isn't horrible. Um, obviously, we've taken five out of six podium positions in two races. So uh, we'll just see what happens and take it from here. Yeah, it's it's hard to get a race sanctioning body to hear too much you have to say when you are currently dominating. Uh, I would imagine <laughs> that's a conversation that's not, not easily won from y- your perspective. I mean, are you are you, how many motors do you have in the twins class that you you or your shop are personally responsible for right now in the Moto America series? Uh, well, I've got Chris's A motor, and he has a B motor that he keeps uh, in his trailer. And then uh, we fielded uh, six bikes on the R-Bomb racing team, and then we have several backup motors uh, in the truck in case we need them. And then we also have some club bikes, uh, the endurance bikes. So we have two uh, wear endurance bikes with backup motors, and then we have the Moto America bikes and then, and then Chris's package. Do you, do you, and I've done a couple of R3 motors here and there, too, and I helped those guys out. Is there a favorite type of motor you like to work on? Uh, you got to say the SV650. It's, uh, it's been around for 20 years. It has little quirks, but uh, there's nothing like the sound of a good V-twin running down straight away. Couldn't agree more. That is a yeah. impressive list. So you and uh, you and or your uh team services are attending are you at every single moto america event to support your your racers uh no unfortunately i have a real job and i can't uh travel out to the western rounds. a job yes i do have a real job mike is a a police officer for the last 20 years prior to that he served eight (laughs) years in the united states military uh i believe it was was it army no it was airborne yeah uh, I was right here in the 82nd Airborne Division here in uh, in North Carolina. 
Oh my! And I did a few years out in Hawaii too. How many? Did, how many jumps for you? Well, I spent a lot of time overseas, so we didn't get a lot of time, but I think about 58 or 59, pretty oh. close to that. You still remember your first? Oh, yeah. You never forget your first. <laughs> and were you, uh, <laughs> when you were in Hawaii, were you, uh, would it have been Schofield? Where, where were you stationed at in Hawaii? I was supposed to go to Schofield, but I got uh, sent down to Fort Shafter, which was U.S. Army Pacific Headquarters, and I was a training MCO down there. So, quite different from uh, being in a airborne infantry unit, going to a headquarters unit. A, a but it was fun. It was a, a good time. A training NCO, a non-commissioned in Hawaii. Yeah. In Hawaii is the called, key component to keep beer in mind there. over there about that time. I could not yeah. do that, it, especially it being a different. especially being a combat veteran myself. I could not do that. Well, you know, it was uh, it was it was tough. It was a lot different. There was another side of the army that didn't really know existed, but it's terrible. It. It's all logistical. <laughs> if if I was junk. there, I'd be constantly looking to the west and, you, the, and the sky. Scott, that would be something that you would probably enjoy. What the logistical side of things? Oh, absolutely. Moving boxes, making sure boxes get yeah. from point A to point B. Not, not me. I can't do that. <laughs> oh, Michael no. Copulus no. is joining us. Uh, uh, by the way, Michael, uh, uh, for both uh, the United States military and your your service uh, uh, for the police department, we do appreciate your service. Folks, you can look for Michael on uh, his Facebook. You can always use more friends out there, and uh, you can keep up with what Michael's doing. And, uh, and, and perhaps, if you needed an engine built, this is the guy that uh, is a magician on these bikes, so says Chris <laughs> Parrish, and uh, specifically on the V-Twins. Let's go back to Tony Wink. Tony. I was just curious if anybody ever stiffed you on a bill if you have to play good cop bad cop <laughs> uh, you know i kind of keep that that side to the daytime hours and don't drag that into it so and uh the majority of people that i work with have been really good to me and and i try to treat them well and i haven't had any problem what kind That's, of cop are you a police officer <laughs> i'm uh i'm in the traffic unit and i'm on a motor so uh I ride all day. Ten four. Lucky. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking at your. I actually jumped to your Facebook. What page. are you? What are you guys riding? Harley's. Harley's. We're on. We're on Harley's. Potato. 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 Down there in <laughs> Birmingham. Yeah. Birmingham. They've got the gold wings, or at least they did for quite a while. Have you seen the new gold wings? Yeah. Those things yeah. are hot rod. I bet we've got one. Mike wishes he had one. We've got a couple. Well, yeah, we were on the BMWs several years ago. How did you like uh, that? They were, they were great. But uh, we had problems getting them serviced because we didn't have a local BMW dealer. Oh, so wow. We were traveling 90 minutes to Raleigh, and it was just logistically, it didn't make sense. Oh, well, Raleigh's a nice community to visit. But that would seem like a, there. that seems like a real job opportunity to me for an engine builder. <laughs> yeah. well, it might be to get become a franchised uh, service center. Michael, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Continue good work, sir, on the twins. We appreciate it. And I know guys like Chris Parrish and Drake Beecham and others do appreciate it as well. Thank you very much. Awesome. Hey, can I give a plug to someone real quick? Mm, uh, okay. So I got thirty seconds. Sure. Okay. Uh, I just want to give a plug to John Ulrich and the Road Racing World Action Fund. They do great work. Last summer, I had the unfortunate opportunity of testing the air fence at a VIR. Russell and I were up there uh, shaking down some of our endurance bikes, and we had a 
we had a component failure on the handlebar and sent me straight into the tire wall. Wow. Uh, we would have been the tire wall. The soft barriers weren't there. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be on as good earth if it wasn't for John Ulrich and that Road Racing World Action Front to buy that expensive uh, soft barrier. Well, so John Ulrich is one of our heroes, my brother. He's been on the show many, many times. He's so, uh, well done by you. Well done by you. You can come back anytime now, Michael. Awesome. <laughs> Keep riding that thin blue line for us, will you? I will, sir. All right. God bless you, sir. Appreciate the service. All right. Uh, stay tuned. Back to wrap up the hour as we head to the top of the hour. This is Pit Pass. I'm Jessica Patterson, women's motocross champ, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro Fit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next Racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. What's up? This is Brian Deegan, the General of the Metal Militia. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. That's what's up. How much real estate is out there that is now sitting empty that wasn't empty six months ago? I was driving by Kmart. I was looking at Sears stores. I was looking at Yonkers retail stores. Amazing amount of retail space out there across the it's country. all the uh, online stuff, I think. Yeah, I think it it's is. It's wiping some people out. Before we wrap up our show, Scott, I just wanted to give a heartfelt condolences from uh, all of Pit Pass um, to the Lewis family. Uh, the father of racer, Mo Moto America racer Jake Lewis, unfortunately passed away last week. Um Wonderful, wonderful man. He will be missed by many in the paddocks around the United States. He worked closely. Earl Hayden is literally one of his closest personal friends. He, it's got to be tough for that community. It's, it, and it's unfortunate that it's it's happened when it's happened. Uh, but we're all huge fans of number 85, and uh, Jake will carry on along with uh, his uh, beautiful wife, Karen, and they have a number of other children. But, again, our condolences. Just wanted to make mention of the Lewis family. We're thinking of you. All right. They're very, very kind of you, uh, PJ. Um, you know, it's, it's, it seems like we've been we, – we deal with a lot of death in this sport, but I think it's because it's news, okay? Um, it's not like death doesn't happen in everyday life to anybody else, but it does It does seem to – sometimes it seems like we focus on it, but uh, every once in a while those that we know do die and uh, for various reasons. Um, Owensboro, Kentucky has uh, had its share of loss and its share of uh, sadness. But uh, they're going to be celebrating the life of, of one of those that passed away with the erection of a, uh, a, a statue, if you will, in the town square, right? Isn't that where it's going For, to be, the town yep, square? Yep, absolutely, in Owensboro of Nikki Hayden, yeah. old number 69. And there, I think the dedication, and we'll have uh, Roger on the show next week to talk a little more about it, how it all came together, because those things aren't cheap, number one. Uh, but uh, the, selection as to where, the selection of the site as to where to put it, uh, it was important to the family and to the city. Uh, if you recall, that is uh, the largest funeral that Owensboro's ever seen. And uh, there, there was a, a moving tribute, I think. And this is another way we can continue uh, to salute his memory. Um, 
want to want to thank all of our guests uh it was neat to uh, be able to talk to grant baylor i'm uh, sad that uh, the call didn't go any better than it did but sometimes technology does not necessarily work uh in our favor and that was one of them uh one of the t- one of the times chris Parrish did join us from uh, the, the moto america series the twins cup series to be exact and then of course we were joined by his uh his builder michael uh copulus uh was a police officer former united states military uh serving in various ports around the world so nice job out of michael coming on at the last minute talking about v twins in particular and the challenge uh challenges that they face in building these things and and making them quick i think the secret to his success is building a solid quality motor and then giving it to a guy like parish who knows uh, obviously how to race him he sure does the guy embarrasses guys on faster bikes routinely and he's 41 years old yep i call him kid <laughs> I call him sir. Uh, we also want to thank Stevie Wise. Uh, Steve, if you recall, for six or seven years was uh, the very heartbeat of that uh, uh, the Honda, the Team Honda. If you recall, the cool uniforms. Remember those, Tony? The cool red, white, and blues. Yeah, they they cool do helmets. a throwback on with gear once in a while. That that they always mimic that era for sure. Well, I would. It's old. I think uh, also did a really good job of putting Honda in a dominant position race-wise. I want to thank Corey West and Taylor Robert as well. For Ed Kulenkamp, for Tony Wink, Roman Avila, PJ Duran, Jack and Leanne DeLeon, our good buddies Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson, I'm Scott Casper. Tune in next week when we have some more great guests. I think you'll be very, very surprised. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos!